Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. And, and Andrew didn't benefit from the coaching change. I mean, sometimes coaches see things different. Uh, one where when Harry left the first time, it was um, Liam Eichenberg who benefited from Jeff Quinn. I think Liam took to Jeff's approach better than um, he did to Harry. Now, that doesn't mean he wouldn't have adapted or wouldn't have been a good player, but that fast-tracked Liam Eichenberg when that changed. Budweiser, oh, go on, I'm sorry, Budweiser's weekday sports beat on this Wednesday, 516. Eric Hansen, publisher of InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We're in the midst of our hat trick of opening topics. Another topic I want to bring up, this might have been personally my biggest surprise on the depth chart that Notre Dame released on Monday. And I went into... Monday's press conference thinking that when I open up the depth chart at running back I would say without a doubt Audric Estime is going to be number one I felt like Jadarian Price had made enough progress and plays in fall camp that he would be two but then you would have a guy who's got experience on the field and Devin Ford who you got from Penn State as your number three and then the freshman love and pain would be in some order four and five. Eric, I was surprised, and this is not being detrimental to Jabron Payne, but I was a little surprised he was number two. Is this word salad on paper, or do you believe that Payne has earned the right to be the next guy out there after Audric Estimate? I think earn is probably the best term. I don't know that he's earned it for the season. I think he's earned it for the beginning of the season. Because skill sets, you could say there might be a couple of guys ahead of him. You, you could say but. that. But he's done everything they asked yes. of him, and he's really developed in areas like blitz pickup, blocking. He's improved his receiving. He stayed healthy, which has been yeah. an issue for him as a high school player. Um you know, and he took advantage of getting a lot of reps in the spring. They didn't want to overdo it with Audric Estime. They didn't have the numbers in the spring. Jadarian Price was yeah. out. Devin Ford wasn't here yet. Jeremiah Love wasn't here yet. Jabron so Payne got a lot of reps, and he took advantage of it. And so he earned the trust of the coaches. You know, Jadarian Price is still maybe shaking the rust. I still think... He will be number two by the end of the year if he is fully healthy. Yeah, looking at the forecast for Dublin on Saturday, I think it rains every day in Dublin, but mid-60s rain if the field conditions are a little sloppy coming off the Achilles, I wouldn't be surprised if his carries are limited. Now, down the line, they'll increase, but this may not be the right game to fully unleash him. It may not be. Jeremiah Love is... Fast, 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 elite fast, and he can do so many things, and he's learning, and he's going to grow and keep pushing 
at the bottom of that depth chart. And then Devin Ford is also pretty fast. He has a role, at least we know he's the main kickoff return man. Uh, but he's going to do some things in the passing game and so forth. But Jabron's earned it. I was surprised, too. I kept waiting for him to kind of fall down the depth chart. And when he came out as number two without an or next to his name, I thought that was kind of significant. I thought he could end up being number five. And maybe at the end of the year, he will be. And if he is, it's not a reflection on him. It's a reflection of the other running backs they have. But um, give him credit for putting himself in that position. But again, a lot of it's trust. It's not necessarily ceiling. You've got the potential of having five running backs on this roster that the coaching staff could have a lot of confidence in. So let's fast forward a little bit, Eric. If everybody's healthy and everybody's doing their job, you're taking on Ohio State Saturday rather than Navy. So you're a few games into the season. How deep do you think that running back rotation goes? And I'm not talking about mop-up time. When the game is going, it's still in doubt. Do you think they could go four deep? I mean, they've even said five-headed monster, or someone said five-headed monster. I mean, it have been a coach. How deep do you think this goes? I think they can go five because I think Jeremiah Love can help you in the passing game. I think okay. you can put two backs in the backfield and then put him in motion or split him out, and then all of a sudden he's a problem because who's going to keep up with him? If you have a linebacker on him, bye. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, because he's he's very skilled. He's very advanced. He came in very ready to play. And so, yeah, I think it's five. I mean, I was thinking today, somebody asked me that again in chat. And I'm like, is there a fifth string running back anywhere that's as good as Jeremiah Love? I don't think so. No chance. Um, so, now could any of those guys be a 30 carry guy in a game if you needed to probably only Audric at this yeah. point so but uh, Dylan McCullough has been really good at being able to keep everybody he was able to keep three guys very happy last year uh, so I mean Logan Diggs didn't leave because he wasn't getting enough carries and Logan Diggs is going to get fewer carries it sounds like at LSU I mean he's really? at most third string if not fourth now they're going to play a lot of backs too but he's definitely got two guys ahead of him and one guy just a little bit ahead of him so he's number four right right now so he went because he missed louisiana he wanted to go home uh and notre dame just never felt like home for him hmm. i guess but yeah it's a great problem to have and i think Dylan mccullough is a guy that can pull that off so at lsu he's got a lot of brothers in the family <laughs> at the running back position the family being brian kelly's uh southern accent yes. went awry right at the beginning yes <laughs> for people that haven't been following or Wait. don't remember the brian kelly thing. here's what i don't get he first gets there he has an accent but he's been there what almost what a year and a half two years and now the accent's gone it's amazing I haven't been following the Brian Kelly <laughs> yeah. accent. I, I did. I did tell Carter Carls, who I used to work with, I had a dream that I was oh, in a God. Brian Kelly press conference. That Notre Dame and LSU were playing each other in the bowl game, and it was the first time I would would have talked to Brian Kelly since he left, and it was a very interesting press conference. Did you shake your finger at him? 
I did not shake my finger at him. I didn't shake anything. <laughs> did at you him. ask him about injuries? <laughs> he he goes in this dream. He goes. We need to get a microphone to that guy pointing to me. And I go, Brian, I've got about 80 questions. <laughs> Maybe at LSU you can ask more than two questions. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Let's get to a third topic kicking off sports beat today, Eric Hansen. Yeah, I, I've been <laughs> way for too with you. <laughs> involved in my work. Yes. I'm dreaming about press conferences. <laughs> Most people dream about other things. <laughs> I'm not normal. I'm looking at the the sheet here, which tells us what we're going to talk about. Eric's dreams, I, I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> this is this is off the cuff, I guess. I'm, I'm shocked. But I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. And by the way, just really quick, I saw a picture of Brian yesterday. He's lost a lot of weight. Has he? Yeah, he looks really good. Little he, does, he does yoga. He has always been, you know, from – from I think after he got his back operated on early in his career, he has really tried to balance that. So yeah. he's done a good okay. job. So he must not be eating too many of the crawfish. No. Yeah. Must not. Must not. <laughs> okay. All right. So let me get to one more offensive top topic here on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The wide receiver room. I still get a lot of questions about how this is all going to play out. And there's just a lot of interesting parts. I think JT looks like the guy most likely to be Hartman's top target, Jaden Thomas. You got everybody's favorite wide receiver, Tobias Merriweather, the greatest one-catch freshman year receiver in Notre Dame history. You got Chris Tyree, who's fascinating, moving from running back into the slot. Then you've got those freshmen like Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores Jr., and somewhere in the middle is Deion Colsey. I'm not sure how he fits in. I guess, Eric, is it going to be that simple where you have three main guys out there and people get rotated in, or do they want to have a rotation as almost the base of their offense? I think they want to play six receivers regularly. I think they'd like to, to be able to do that. Now, the thing is, do you lose a lot taking – your starters off the field and going with the backup. I think Jaden Thomas is clearly ahead of Deion Colsey, but I also think Deion Colsey is the most proven of the backups. So you you definitely want to play him. And you can move Jaden Thomas around the formation. Um, and then at slot receiver, Chris Tyree and Jaden Greathouse are such different slot receivers. Chris is going to try to run by you. Jaden Greathouse is a guy that can kind of be like a tight end almost where he can kind of just go out and then just kind of sit there and use his body and catch the ball and then he's really good after the catch where Chris is just going to beat you down the field and he's good in space too but they're different body types different receivers and then Rico Flores and um, Tobias are different in terms of Tobias is taller twitchier freakier but Rico has got some pure speed over there and at times plays pretty confidently for a freshman. I think what the challenge for Tobias after talking to him uh, fairly recently is the kind of dealing with the expectations, both his own and outside expectations of being a guy with one college catch 
and then suddenly being counted on to maybe be at least the number two yep. production receiver. That's a big jump in production. I mean, he wanted this. He's got it. Um, and so we'll see how it plays out. But he certainly has the talent for it. And I thought in talking to him, he was pretty measured in terms of um, how he's going to approach it. And I think he's got a good support system. I like the fact that his dad was a track coach and um, that his sisters are track stars or were track stars. And so he's got a lot of good support that can kind of, they've been in his shoes to a certain extent uh, that'll be helpful for him. So I, I'm eager to see how it plays out. I think once he has a game where he has like four or five catches, then goodbye, you know, then the, the doubts melt away with him. There's a lot of skill position players, and I'm going to put it the only way I know how to say it, to make happy. There's a lot of good players that have earned the right to play, yeah. but there's a lot of competition in these skill position rooms. I can't remember the last time we've had such deep, quality players at running back and wide receiver in this program. At the same time. At the same yeah. time, yes. Yeah, that's interesting. And then you you have a lot of tight ends, but the Bauman injury and the yeah. Eli Reardon comeback tamp down those numbers a little bit. Otherwise, we would be talking about that as well. But really, you have Mitchell Evans and Holden Stays, and then you kind of have some other pieces that you can't count on to be your starter at this point. Well, we will start to learn more about this offense Saturday, 2.30 South Bend time here on WSBT Radio. We'll see what Jared Parker's offense looks like. And they're going to have to show some stuff. It's not like Navy's a pushover defensively. They're, they're going to have to show well. a deep passing game, that's for sure. <laughs> and they've got the guy to do it yeah. in Sam Hartman. But Again, this is not being negative. This is more being cautious, and I need to see it before I'm okay, but let's see the chemistry of the offensive line. I mean, Eric, they've moved a lot of people in and out in the month of August. Where is the chemistry of the offensive line in game one? That's important because if you get pressure up the middle, Tom Brady stinks when there's pressure up the middle. So let's see if those guards hold up. Well, and that's another reason Jabron Payne is going to see some reps because – Great blitz pickup guy. Aha. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchard with you. By the way, can you take a phone call really quick? Sure. Yeah, I think you were talking about Cajun food. Uh, somebody named Ed has something to say on the line. Ed, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we went to Mike Anderson and ate crawfish that night. Yeah, that's Ed phoning in. He, he wanted to talk about crawfish. How about that? I love that? Ed Orgeron. All right. Ed, I love his voice anyways. I, yeah. Ed, anything else you want to share? Go Tigers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fun interviewing him the one time I got a chance oh, to gosh. do so at Notre Dame. Uh, and, and again, I'm you played those clips enough that I was used to the voice <laughs> – Sounding so that I didn't kind of go off the rails with it. But, yeah, he was fun to talk to. Hell, I might be able to go to the 7-Eleven now and, and get me a, a, a Monster or a Red Bull. <laughs> He's got a coach again. He's got a coach again. I just need that. He's got kids in coaching, too. I was watching the LSU title game the other day on 
one of the networks. I mean, Eric, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. I mean, no wonder they scored almost 50 points per game. What an unbelievable set of skill position players. And the kid that's with the Chiefs was the running back. I mean, my heavens, what a football team that was. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we will shift to the Notre Dame defense. Al Golden spoke for a couple of minutes to the media yesterday. We'll bring you some of his comments. Sports Beat tonight brought to you by Budweiser for 13 years, Folds of Honor, and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's, the family inn. By Bethel University, adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And South Bend Orthopedics by South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. Sportsbeat continues next on WSBT. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch on the three-yard line by Jaden Thomas. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Caught on the one-yard line and into the end zone. Tobias Merriweather, first catch of his Notre Dame career, goes for a touchdown from 41 yards out. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Setting up Estime over the middle, 25 20. He'll score. 10 5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. We're back on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Eric Hansen, publisher of InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. 5.38 is our time. We're live on 9.60 a.m. We're live on 9.60, I'm sorry, WSBTRadio.com. We're live on the WSBT Radio app, and we're live on the Twitch app. There we are. Hello, fans. How are you? Good to see you. And we're also not live on the podcast format. You can download episodes. That's right. So for those of you listening at another part of the day, Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Or if you want to take us jogging or take us to take us on a date, I think that would not go well, but um, you could certainly do that. I hope you've not been dreaming about that fact. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. We should probably change directions really fast. What do you think? We need to go on defense a little bit. You're being very offensive. Let's go defensive here for a couple of moments. Al Golden met the media. Navy, always a challenge with the triple option attack. Now let's throw in another element to facing Navy. Grant Chestnut. He might be, I hate using the X factor, but he's an important person in this game storyline. He's the new offensive coordinator. And he comes from Kennesaw State. How's your Kennesaw State historic footage doing? You got much Kennesaw State footage? <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I know of the program. I know what state it is. There you go. That's a start. Well, 
he is now the offensive coordinator, and there is a perception that they're going to be option, but they might run out of different formations. I saw Phil Steele's preseason magazine. He even made mention he thinks they'll throw it more. Now, it's hard to throw it less than Navy, to be honest, but normally they throw it to surprise you unless it's third down, of course. Then if it's third and 15 or 18, they'll throw it. But they might try to pass a little more, not to surprise you, but to make a play. So I think, Eric, the coaching staff has to focus on the triple option. And the defensive coaches have a big task of possibly having to do a lot of adjustments on the fly in this game. Al Golden is the defensive coordinator. He'll have some decisions to make during the game. He spoke to the media last night, and here are some of his thoughts on taking on this Navy offense. Yeah, I just think uh, you got to be sound. Uh, you got to look internally, make sure you're sound, make sure you're doing the things that you need to do on each play, um, and then be ready to adapt on game day. Uh, don't make it too complex that you can't change course on game day based on what they do. And then was there anything that you learned personally just facing them last year? Well, again, I think um, just systematically, you know, it's another year in the system. Um, uh, for us, being able to work it uh, in the offseason uh, a little bit and uh, obviously playing them first game. So all, all those are are new to our guys, and uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll have the right mindset here uh, as we close out the week and get ready to play a good game. Now that first comment, he was asked about a new offensive coordinator and what that does to preparation, and you could tell he didn't touch much on that. Now the electronic print media, they talked to the coaches at a different time than radio and TV, so that was the radio and TV portion of Al Golden's night. Did he get into any more detail with the writers? Yeah, I asked him the question. There you go. And he, uh, well, he, I said, is it, I mean, how much of this is like a blind date for you? And he said, well, you're really looking at three different systems um, and three different influences and trying to decide how much of the pie each one is going to take up. So you have to really prepare for all of those. And then you're going to be adjusting during the first half to what they're doing. So Kennesaw State was a spread option team, a prolific scoring team under Grant Chestnut. But he's familiar with triple option. At one point, he was working for a former Navy assistant at Kennesaw State. Um, And then he's familiar with Brian Newberry, who was at Kennesaw State at some point. So they have an association going back and forth. But it wasn't all like chuck it in the – Um, spread offense they did a lot of really good running plays and so he's got some really good running concepts too so Al Golden said yeah so they are prepared now I think that where it's tempered Darren is this would be a lot more of a problem in midstream of the season than having all of the offseason to work on this and then spending two straight weeks working on it in practice. Hmm. So I think that's going to be helpful. I'm not saying that makes it easy, but that mitigates some of the surprises. Okay. And not having time to prepare for them because you have had time. I'm sure the offense is probably going to have a lot of that Kennesaw State look to it. Wouldn't you guess? I would guess. I mean, I, I, I mean we had um, Bill Wagner from the Capital Gazette on our podcast mm-hmm. last week, and – 
what he's seen and and what he anticipates is that they'll still use the same um, personnel. They'll use slot backs. I mean, they're not going like four wide receivers, but you'll see them in different formations sometimes. He doesn't think that they're going to be heavy passing. He thinks it's going to be they're going to try to do more of a possession passing game. I mean, if you're Navy, you still want to hog the ball and limit possessions in the game. So I don't know that you're going to see you know, them trying to run past Cam Hart and Ben Morrison and chuck it down the field against two of the best cornerbacks in the country. Uh, I think they'll want to surprise you sometimes. So, yeah, I, I think, I think there will still be plenty of triple option because they want to hold on to the ball. They don't want three and outs. Here is Coach Golden talking a little bit more about the new offensive coordinator. It's a challenge. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, a lot of different influences on the staff. And uh, we'll see which which direction it goes. So there's no question about it. Uh, It's going to be a a great challenge for us. The guys know we got to stay together on game day, play together, and uh, solve problems. And one other topic I want to get to. Coach Golden was asked about the development of Riley Mills. He has played along the outside of the defensive line, now moving back inside. And I felt like just through all fall camp, I've talked about this. I think Riley Mills is going to have a big, big season for the Fighting Irish. And here is his defensive coordinator, Al Golden, talking about him. He's done a great job. He's, he's completely bought in. You know, he's 305 pounds. Um, he's lean. Um, he's moving really well. He's playing with his hands. His block destruction has improved. I mean, I can't say enough great things about him. Leadership, uh, buying into the technique, and, uh, you know, playing with great effort and attitude. If you had the opportunity to just focus on one defensive lineman on Saturday, starter, backup, in order to put together a good story, because you feel like this guy is an intriguing guy along the defensive line, who would you choose? For the long term, I would choose Jordan Botello. Okay. Um, for the short term, for Saturday? Yeah. I would say Mills because I think he can blow things up inside. He can um, stop the fullback. Right. I, I think he – I think Al Golden loved the fact that he had position versatility last year, but I don't know that it was the best thing for Riley. I think it was the best thing for Notre Dame to have him be able to play – field end and then defensive tackle but for him to just become a defensive tackle you've seen him come a long way and we've been kind of on this everybody's been kind of wanting to predict this is going to be Riley Mills breakout game breakout season and it hasn't happened to that extent yet we've seen bursts but not games and not seasons but I really think this is going to be the real one and I think Saturday will be the start of it. Eric Hansen, Darren he will be the masked man. <laughs> In reference to, <laughs> was it a fumble recovery or an interception? It I was can't a remember. Fumble recovery, scoop and score against Navy in Dublin to kick off the 2012 season, and then broadcaster Don Cricky on the radio had no idea who had the football, and he comes out with the "Who is that masked man?" <laughs> but I'm sure the the helmets were gold. We always knew that with Don. So thank you, Don. So Alan Pinkett, it was up to him to answer that, I think. <laughs> he, he was probably like tapping him on the shoulder and pointing to the roster. There's the masked man right there. All right, it is 547 at WSBT. Notre Dame Navy, 2.30 kickoff South Bend time, and your colleague Tyler James is heading over across the pond. 
As we speak. He oh, really? Is, yeah, he's in the air. Okay. Yep. So he'll be there to cover the game for you at InsideIndieSports.com. He'll have to have a pint along the way. I think he's going to have to have a pint on the plane. He's in the middle seat. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. And Tyler's 6'4", so that's not comfortable in any form or fashion. And he's an old offensive lineman, isn't he? Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Are the seats a little wider on international flights? I've never been on one. I, I don't know. The, the whole plane is wider, so yes, but okay. so we'll see. Tyler, we're thinking about my, you. <laughs> my dad was six four and was on a lot of international flights, so okay, yeah, very good. So he he got through it. I don't know how often he was in the middle seat though. Oh, rough. It's rough on a 50-minute flight, let alone however many hours it is to go across the pond. <laughs> my first international flight that I have memory of, I was sitting next to my dad, and I told him I felt like I needed to throw up when we were landing. Oh, yeah. And he was not happy about that prospect. We had a hockey flight into Maine in the winter, and it was probably gusting 50, 60 yeah. mile an hour, and the plane, yeah. and all of a sudden... They just went full throttle to yeah. land, and we're heads going flying. That was probably the most nervous I've ever been. It was, I mean, we were just going side to side with the wind. It was uh, not fun. Well, my not sister fun. was sitting next to me too, and my older sister, and she goes, she pointed me to the barf bag, and I thought she was trying to get me in trouble. I thought, There's no way they have something like this on a plane. I had never been on a plane before. Oh boy, I was nine. All right, 549 Twitter question of the day is next on WSBT. <laughs> it's not the barf bag. <laughs> no, it's not. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett back with you here on WSBT Radio 554. Our Twitter question of the day yesterday. If you could have one of these four broadcast teams call every Notre Dame football game this year, who would you choose? Your four choices, a new combination, and my personal choice was Sean McDonough and Greg McElroy. You could have Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. The NBC crew, Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. And then the CBS crew, Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson. The votes have been counted. Fourth place, getting 6.3% of the vote, the NBC crew of Collinsworth and Garrett. Those 6.3 are now going to have to answer to me. The number three choice at 25.2%, Nessler Danielson. Eric, I mentioned this the other day. They've been doing SEC games for years. I mean, all those big crowds. You know what their first game is this year? Ohio State at Indiana. All right. That's a big letdown. All right. Second place in the voting, 32.4%. McDonough and McElroy. Again, a new combination. I think they're going to be fantastic. And McElroy's been very fair about Notre Dame through the years. Winning the vote, 36% went with Fowler and Herbstreet. And I got a lot of extra votes for Gus Johnson, which I'm surprised by. I voted in the poll. I've been voting in your poll. Thank you. I voted for Fowler Herb Street. Okay. And what's interesting about the Collins Garrett thing, NBC had a release out today, and Noah Eagle is doing the play by play for the Navy game. 
I had not seen that. So I didn't know. I thought, did I? Did they already announce this and I miss it? I, no, I that's was, new information. Okay. okay. So I posted it on our message board so our subscribers know. But I, Noah Eagle, yeah. And then they talked about who was going to be the halftime and the pregame stuff. But yeah, Noah Eagle, wow. Jason Garrett, Zora Stevenson, and Terry McCauley are the broadcast team for the opener. So, And Noah Eagle is the son of Ian Eagle, who does NFL games and college basketball on CBS. Noah had the call of the greatest comeback in NFL history last year, that Viking Colts game. So there you go. He's a young, young guy. So great opportunity for him. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him, but I, I he's solid. familiarize myself with him. He's young. He's solid. I think he needs to get a little more excited. Yeah, I think he keeps it okay. kind of even keel, but okay. he's got a lot of potential. Okay. That's interesting. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited that I taught you something about Well, I saw the NBC email today, but normally I just delete it because like, hey, we've got a game this Saturday. Normally yeah. is what it is. And see, I should have opened it. All right, today's question. What part of the Notre Dame football team will have the better game against Navy on Saturday? Irish offense? Irish defense? Hmm. You can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960Sportsbeat. We will find out Eric's answer on tomorrow's program. Fair enough? So check me out on my Twitter slash X account, 960 Sports beep. And we wrap things up with what in the world you should expect at Eric's website, InsideIndieSports.com. Well, I need to check it because a lot of stuff. We have yeah. so much content today. Noah Eagle I, is part of the conversation. No, Noah Eagle. I had a uh, live chat um, today, and so the transcript is up. Great, great chat today. I rescinded the no drinking rule. and. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's Ireland? <laughs> because it's Ireland. Okay. And the no bare feet rule, because it was 96 oh. degrees in South Bend today, um, the Notre Dame women's basketball team, they released the rest of their non-conference schedule. UConn in late January is part Woo! of that package. Uh, Tyler James has a feature on Rocco Spindler if you wondered how he got to be the starting right guard. There's lots of information there and, of course, much, much more. Thank you, sir. Let's do it again tomorrow. Absolutely. Again, Eric's website, InsideIndieSports.com. We'll take a break. Sports update on the way, 558 at WSBT South Bend. everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.